Section 8 of Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio, InterfaceAudio.com. Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2, by St. Augustine of Hippo psalm thirty eight part one psalm thirty eight a psalm to david himself on the remembrance of the sabbath opposite to what we have been chanting i will declare mine iniquity i will be sorry for my sin is the answer of this woman in the gospel lesson for the lord looking on her iniquities called her a dog saying, It is not meet to cast the children's meat to dogs. But she, who knew how to declare her iniquity, and to be sorry for her sin, denied not what the truth pronounced, but by confessing her misery, she the better obtained commiseration, being sorry for her sin. For she had prayed for her daughter to be made whole, perhaps under the name of her daughter, implying her own life. Attend, therefore, whilst to the best of our power we examine and discuss the meaning of the whole psalm. The Lord be present with our hearts, that we may healthfully find here our own words, and as we shall have found them, utter them, neither finding difficulty in discovering them, nor uttering them without understanding. 2. Its title is A Psalm to David Himself on the Remembrance of the Sabbath we examine what has been written for us concerning the holy prophet david of whose seed according to the flesh the lord jesus christ came and among the good things which are known to us about him by the scriptures we find not that on any occasion he called the sabbath to remembrance for why should he call it to remembrance considering that jewish observance with which they were then wont to observe the sabbath wherefore should he thus call to remembrance that which would necessarily come after an interval of seven days to observe it therefore not thus to call it to remembrance was his duty now no one calls anything to remembrance but what is not present before him for instance in this city you call to remembrance carthage where you have at some time been and to-day you call to remembrance yesterday or some day of the preceding year, or any previous one that you please, and any deed of your own that you have already done, or somewhere that you have been, or some transaction at which you have been present, what doth this recollection of the Sabbath mean? What is this Sabbath? For it is with groaning that he calls it to recollection. You have both heard already when the psalm was read, and you will now hear it when we shall go over it. How great is his groaning, his mourning, his tears, his misery! But happy he who is wretched after this manner, whence the Lord also in the gospel called some who mourn blessed. How should he be blessed if he is a mourner? How blessed if he is miserable! nay rather he would be miserable if he were not a mourner such an one then let us understand here too calling the sabbath to remembrance viz some mourner or other 
and would that we were ourselves that some one or other for there is here some person sorrowing groaning mourning calling the sabbath to remembrance the sabbath is rest doubtless he was in some disquietude who with groaning was calling the sabbath to remembrance three he therefore tells and commends unto god the disquietude under which he was suffering fearing somewhat more grievous than there was where he was for that he is an evil case he states expressly there is no need of a commentator to prove this nor of any inference by implication nor conjecture nor is it necessary that we should inquire but only that we should understand what he says and unless he feared something worse than that in which he was involved already he would not begin in this way version one o lord rebuke me not in thine indignation neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure for it will be that some shall be chastened in god's hot displeasure and rebuked in his indignation and haply not all who are rebuked will be chastened yet are there some that are to be saved in the chastening so it is to be indeed because it is called chastening but yet it shall be so as by fire but there are to be some who will be rebuked and will not be corrected for he will at all events rebuke those to whom he will say i was an hungered and ye gave me no meat i was thirsty and ye gave me no drink and all the rest which he there follows out at length as he upbraids with unprofitableness and with inhumanity the wicked on his left hand to whom is said go into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels it is there more grievous evils which he is in dread of not taking into account this present life in the miseries of which he is groaning and lamenting when he asks and says lord rebuke me not in thine indignation let me not be among those whom thou wilt hereafter say go ye into everlasting fire which is prepared for the devil and his angels neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure so that thou mayest cleanse me in this life and make me such that i may after that stand in no need of the cleansing fire for those who are to be saved yet as by fire why why but because they build upon the foundation wood stubble and hay now they should build on it gold silver and precious stones and should have nothing to fear from either fire not only that which is to consume the ungodly for ever but also that which is to purge those who are to escape through the fire for it is said he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire and because it is said he shall be saved that fire is thought lightly of for all that though we should be saved by fire yet will that fire be more grievous than anything that man can suffer in this life whatsoever and you know how great sufferings bad men have endured and may endure yet their sufferings are only just so great as good men may have endured also for what has any malefactor robber adulterer any desperately wicked or any sacrilegious person endured by the law which has not been endured by a martyr in his confession of christ these evils which are here are far more tolerable 
and yet observe how men often do anything which you command them that they may not suffer them how much better were it that they do what god commands that they might not suffer those more grievous ills four now on what ground does this person pray that he may not be rebuked in indignation nor chastened in hot displeasure he speaks as if he would say unto god since the things which i already suffer are many in number i pray thee let them suffice and he begins to enumerate them by way of satisfying god offering what he suffers now that he may not have to suffer worse evils hereafter verse two and three for thine arrows stick fast in me and thy hand presseth me sore there is no soundness in my flesh from the face of thine anger he has now begun telling these evils which he is suffering here and yet even this already was from the wrath of the lord because it was of the vengeance of the lord of what vengeance that which he took upon adam for think not that punishment was not inflicted upon him or that god had said to no purpose thou shalt surely die or that we suffer anything in this life except from that death which we earned by the original sin for we bear about a mortal body which otherwise would not be mortal full of temptations full of anxieties liable to bodily pains and wants subject to weariness even when in sound health because not as yet completely sound to say the least for whence did he come to say there is no soundness in my flesh except that what is called soundness in this life is not however in reality soundness in the eye of persons who judge rightly and call to remember the sabbath for if you do not eat hunger disturbs you that is a kind of natural malady for by way of vengeance punishment has been made our nature that which was the first man's punishment is our nature whence the apostle says we were also by nature the children of wrath even as others by nature the children of wrath that is bearing punishment about us but wherefore says he we were because in hope we are so no longer for in fact we are so still but it is better to say that in hope we are already because of our hope we have certain assurance for our hope is not an uncertain one so that we should feel doubts concerning it here even boasting in hope regrown within ourselves says he waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body why so paul art thou not as yet redeemed has not the ransom been already paid for thee has not that blood been already shed is not that the ransom for us all it is verily the very one appointed ransom but see what he says for we are saved by hope but hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth why doth he yet hope for but if we hope for that we see not then do we with patience wait for it now what is that he with patience waits for salvation the salvation of what of the body itself because this is what he spoke of in speaking of the redemption of the body if it is the salvation of the body that he was waiting for 
then that was not health which he possessed already hunger thirst destroy life if remedies be not taken for them for food is the remedy for hunger and drink for thirst and sleep is the remedy for fatigue remove these remedies and see if the things that are there do not destroy if these being out of the question no disorders exist this is considered sound health but if thou hast something that if thou eatest not must destroy thee boast not of health but wait with groaning for the redemption of thy body rejoice that thou art redeemed but let it be in hope not as if in fact that thou feelest assurance for if thou dost not groan in the hope thou wilt never come to the substance this then is not health says he there is no soundness in my flesh from the face of thine anger whence then do his arrows stick fast in him the very punishment the very vengeance and haply the pains both of mind and of body which it is necessary for us to suffer here these he describes by these self-same arrows for of these arrows holy job also made mention and said that the arrows of the lord stuck fast in him whilst he was laboring under those pains we are used however to call god's words also arrows but could he grieve that he should be struck by these the words of god are arrows as it were that inflame love not pain or is it that very love cannot exist without pain for whatever we love and do not possess we must needs be pained for for he who has what he loves both loves and grieves not while he who loves and has not yet what he loves must needs as i said groan in pain thence is that which is said in the person of the church the spouse of christ in the song of songs i am wounded with love she spake of herself as wounded with love for she was in love with some object and did not yet possess it she was in pain because she had not possession of it as yet therefore if she was in pain she was wounded this wound however hastened her to seek true soundness whoever has not been smitten with that wound will never be able to attain to true soundness is he then to be forever smitten with this wound we may then understand the arrows sticking fast thus thy words are fixed fast in my heart and by those words themselves is it come to pass that i called the sabbath to remembrance and that very remembrance of the sabbath and the non-possession of it at present prevents me from rejoicing at present and causes me to acknowledge that there is neither health in my very flesh neither ought it to be so called when i compare this sort of soundness to that soundness which i am to possess in the everlasting rest where this corruptible shall be put on incorruption and this mortal should put on immortality and see that in comparison with that soundness this present kind is but sickness six neither is there any rest in my bones from the face of my sin it is commonly inquired of what person this is the speech and some understand it to be christ's on account of some things which are here said of the passion of christ to which we shall shortly come 
and which we ourselves shall acknowledge to be spoken of his passion but how could he who had no sin say there is no rest in my bones from the face of my sin the meaning therefore of necessity constrains us to recognize here the whole and entire person of christ that is both the head and the body for when christ speaks he speaks sometimes in the person of the head only which is the saviour himself born of the virgin mary sometimes in the person of his body which is the holy church dispersed through all the world and we ourselves are in his body if that is our faith be sincere in him and our hope be certain and our charity fervent we are in his body and members of his and we find ourselves to be speaking in that passage according to the apostles saying for we are members of his body and this the apostle says in many passages for if we were to say that they are not the words of christ those words my god my god why hast thou forsaken me will also not be the words of christ for there too you have my god my god why hast thou forsaken me the words of mine offences are far from my health just as here you have from the face of my sins so there also you have the words of my offences and if christ is for all that without sin and without offences we begin to think those words in the psalm also not to be his and it is exceedingly harsh and inconsistent that the psalm should not relate to christ where we have his passion as clearly laid open as if it were being read to us out of the gospel for there we have they parted my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture why should i mention that the first verse of that psalm was pronounced by the lord himself while hanging on the cross with his own mouth saying my god my god why hast thou forsaken me what did he mean to be inferred from it that the whole of that psalm relates to him seeing he himself the head of his body pronounced it in his own person now when it goes on to say the words of mine offences it is beyond a doubt that they are the words of christ whence then come the sins but from the body which is the church because both the head and the body of christ are speaking why do they speak as if one person only because they twain as he hath said shall be one flesh this says the apostle is a great mystery but i speak concerning christ and the church whence also when he himself was speaking in the gospel an answer to those who had introduced a question concerning the putting away of a wife he says have you not read that which is written that from the beginning god made them male and female and a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh if therefore he himself hath said they are no more twain but one flesh what wonder if as if they are but one flesh they should have but one tongue and the same speech as being but one flesh the head and the body let us listen to them then as being one person but yet let us hear the head as the head and the body as the body the persons are not separated but their dignities are distinguished because the head saves the body is saved 
it belongs to the head to show mercy to the body to mourn over misery the office of the head is to cleanse the duty of the body to confess sins yet have they but one speech in which it is not written when it is the body that speaks and when the head but we indeed while we hear it distinguish the one from the other he however speaks as but one for why should he not say my sins who said i was an hungered and ye gave me no meat i was thirsty and ye gave me no drink i was a stranger and ye took me not in i was sick and in prison and ye visited me not assuredly the lord was not in prison why should he not say this to whom when it was said when saw we thee a hungered and a thirst or in prison or did not minister unto thee he replied that he spoke thus in the person of his body inasmuch as ye did it not unto one of the least of mine ye did it not unto me why should he not say from the face of my sins who said to saul 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 why persecutest thou me who however being in heaven now suffered from no persecutors but just as in that passage the head spake for the body so here too the head speaks the words of the body whilst you hear at the same time the accents of the head itself also yet do not either when you hear the voice of the body separate the head from it nor the body when you hear the voice of the head because they are no more twain but one flesh seven there is no soundness in my flesh from the face of thine anger but perhaps god is unjustly angry with thee o adam unjustly angry with thee o son of man because now brought to acknowledge that thy punishment now that thou art a man that hath been placed in christ's body thou hast said there is no soundness in my flesh from the face of thine anger declare the justice of god's anger lest thou should seem to be excusing thyself and accusing him go on to tell whence the anger of the lord proceeds there is no soundness in my flesh from the face of thine anger neither is there any rest in my bones he repeats what he said before there is no soundness in my flesh for there is no rest in my bones is equivalent to this he does not however repeat from the face of thine anger but states the cause of the anger of god there is no rest in my bones from the face of my sins eight verse four for mine iniquities have lifted up my head and are like a heavy burden too heavy for me to bear here too he has placed the cause first and the effect afterwards what consequence followed and from what cause he has told us mine iniquities have lift up mine head for no one is proud but the unrighteous man whose head is lifted up he is lifted up whose head is lifted up on high against god you heard when the lesson of the book of ecclesiasticus was read the beginning of pride is when a man departeth from god he who was the first to refuse to listen to the commandment his head iniquity lifted up against god and because his iniquities have lifted up his head what hath god done unto him they are like a heavy burden too heavy for me to bear it is the part of levity to lift up the head 
just as if he who lifts up his head had nothing to carry since therefore that which admits of being lifted up is light it receives a weight by which it may be weighed down for his mischief returns upon his own head and his violent dealing comes down upon his own pate they are like a heavy burden too heavy for me to bear end of section eight recording by lawrence trask mount vernon ohio interfaceaudio.com